0: Praise God. Everybody ready for some word today? Amen, amen. Well, we're excited about what God's doing in families and in marriages. And uh, uh, we've been in a series now for the last uh, three weeks and that we're going to conclude today. This series is entitled, anybody remember? Marriage Matters. All right. It's all over the sign and everything else. And so, um, thanks guys. I welcome my lovely wife back to the platform to help me share again this week, and isn't it good what she says? Give us some more of that good stuff today. We've been uh, uh, talking about some different issues, as you remember, we we shared with you in week one uh, that... One of the most important elements of of a a strong and growing and healthy marriage has to do with commitment. It really starts with this language of, uh, for as long as we both shall live. And and then the second week, we talked about cooperation, right? Cooperation, working together as a team. All these messages are, are of course, available to you. if, If anyone is new or missed them, you can watch the video on live stream. You can, of course, download the MP3 uh, last week we were we were discussing the the subject of communication, understanding each other. What a vital uh, subject that is! What uh, what a great need it is for husbands and wives to communicate one with another. Uh, are you ready for number four today? Okay, you're all wondering what it is because it's, you know it has to start with a C. The person who gets it right gets a prize free message. A free message on the website. <laughs> uh, today we want to talk to you, it's kind of a little bit of a, a, a smorgasbord. Uh, we're going to hit an, a few different things and it's basically called common sense. All right. I want to talk to you about some common sense issues uh, regarding the marriage and family and, and, and decisions we make. Uh, have you ever had one of those like uh, oh duh, moments, uh, to where something, um, that was obvious to you for that moment became, you became oblivious. <laughs> and, and it seemed like it was after the fact you thought, what am I thinking? And that's kind of some of what I think, think of when I think, uh, when I talk about common sense stuff. It's like stuff we should know, we should know to do, but sometimes we just get, it just gets lost in the middle of the, uh, you know, confusion and complexity of life. And sometimes we don't do what uh, we should obviously be doing. And so uh, I, I like to think of it this way, um, you know, one of the paraphrases, because I, I would call this avoiding dumb, all right, <laughs> uh, just to say it in a, the best English I have. Um, it's like the scripture where Paul said, all things are lawful, but not, not all things are helpful, You know, I like to paraphrase that one, say, you can do anything you want, but you're an idiot if you do. (laughs) You know, some things, some things are just dumb. And so that's kind of what, what, what we want to look at. Not trying to impose some heavy-duty rule system on everybody, but let's just use wisdom. Let's use common sense. Let's use our brains and relate to one another in, in, in ways that is helpful and not harmful. And, and so let's let's go through these. We actually put this message together a, a little bit different. Um, I I I said, Amy, why don't you come up with uh, you know a handful of things that you think are good I'll come up with my own list and then we did kind of just uh, you know we know what we're going to talk about but these are our own separate lists we're going to go back and forth and and share these things my first my first uh, item here on common sense issues is to maintain a proper distance from parents and in-laws okay <laughs> I don't know, just feeling the vibe in the room. I'm thinking there may have been some issues there in the past. Uh, let me give you the verse. Genesis 2.24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall, and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Uh, I looked up the word leave in Greek and Hebrew and the original Aramaic and uh, it means leave. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so it's a simple, simple thing, but really, when, when, a, when a husband and wife, when a couple, they get married, uh, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to establish a new life. It is their own. It is not under the influence any longer of their parents. And uh, and sometimes uh, just simple things like that. A lot of people have had a lot of struggles because you know sometimes parents want to continue being parents to them. They want to continue directing them. And 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 when when a couple doesn't leave. And I, what do you mean leave? I mean physically leave. I mean move and live in a different location. That's the very foundation and basis for one of the first things that were said about this this marriage relationship. A couple needs to establish their own traditions their own way of life they uh, you know their own uh, way of doing things uh, sometimes individuals will skip over this sometimes because of finances they don't have the money to live yet and be on their own yet I would I would just say this if a couple doesn't have enough money to live on their own yet they don't have enough money to be married yet they should wait they should put that off uh, okay and uh, and, and so parents then at the, at the same time, uh, you know, parents need to... I think the relation. I'm not talking about dissolving the relationship. I think the relationship should be strong ideally. It should be strong your whole life. Uh, and parents do have a lot to offer their kids. I know I do <laughs> when my kids <laughs> <laughs> get married. Uh, and, uh, but it's one thing to force it upon them. It's another thing for them to respect and seek it out. OK, and, and, and so uh, kids should always honor their parents. But how many know when they go off and get married, the, the, the obedience side is really not there anymore. Right. And so uh, that, that, that's really important. And parents shouldn't allow their, their children. Uh, if they're having trouble, they're married kids now to run home when they're having issues. They're, get, they're getting in a little fight. They're having some issues and I need to come home. No, honey, you don't. You need to stay there and work it out. You need to get back there. You know, we know one couple that they were in our, in our church years ago and, and uh, they were young married. She was a bit younger than he was. And, they, and, you know, she was missing home and all kinds of stuff, lived across the country. And, and she would, her parents unfortunately would allow her when she was just having questions and uncertainty and feeling insecure just to run home. And she'd stay there for lengthy periods of time. And you know where that marriage ended up is is it didn't. It ended up going, uh, they ended up divorcing. It was very sad. I mean, they were a nice couple. There's no reason why it couldn't have been what it was supposed to be, a lifelong commitment. Uh, But sometimes um, not heeding the very simple advice of the Scripture um, tends to... Uh, interrupt that and undermine that, that commitment. You have to watch out when money is involved. If parents are giving money or providing a livelihood to their kids, sometimes there's strings attached with that. And more important than having stuff and having money is to establish a new life together and, uh, and, and still honor the parents. Mm-hmm. Amen? That's good. You go.
1: Okay, well, my first one is, um, don't belittle or talk down to your spouse, either in private or in public. And we've had countless situations where we've been in public with people. And, um, you know, I've heard a husband call his wife stupid. We've heard um, we were with a couple who the man was well-respected in his field and was telling a story. I mean, this extremely well-respected man and uh, his wife, no, no, that's not right. No, let me tell it. That's not right. And, um, it just makes you cringe. It's, it's like, um, out of God's order, really. It's out of, you wouldn't talk like that to someone at work. You wouldn't talk like that to a friend. But for some reason, we feel like it's okay to talk like that to our spouse. And, uh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Um, I wanted to share a scripture with you from Ephesians 4 29. It says, from the Amplified, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. And so, you know, before we want to belittle or, you know, talk down to, I mean, it's it's really, really sad, especially to me when it's a woman with a man, really talking down to and
0: because of that respect issue
1: right right yeah the um in ephesians is that what we're talking about the last chapter the last verse of the last chapter of ephesians talks about um loving and respecting oh well actually it just says honor and respect but um you know it just i don't know it just makes it reduces a a man to a child just like that in front of everyone and and it's, it's really, really sad, and it, um, it shouldn't that shouldn't happen. And um, so don't belittle your spouse or talk down to them or talk about them. Your friends don't need to know everything they do wrong. I mean, you don't even really need to focus on that. Why? Like we talked before, if, if he loses, I lose. So why do I want to focus on what he's doing wrong? Why don't I focus on what he's doing right? That'll make my life better. So...
0: Good. And you, now, you don't have any experience with that anyway because. Well, I mean, just saying And just kidding Alright, now, now my second point here Alright, common sense is to simply Spend time together Alright, is that pretty common? How many know sometimes common sense is not common? That seems like it should be a no-brainer Spend time together. Here's often how marriage happens. Is a, a couple, they're interested in each other, attracted to each other. They start to get to know each other. And they spend enormous amounts of time together. I mean, sometimes too much time. But they spend so much time getting to know each other and being around each other. That they get to a place where they say, I can't imagine not spending time with them anymore. I can't imagine ever being apart from them. Hey, let's, uh, let's make this permanent. Let, 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 let's, let's have a covenant together and become one. They so much enjoy being with each other. But then what happens is they get married and careers and family comes and schedules and all kinds of things happen. And all of a sudden what they used to do, what, what drew them together to the point where they would commit their lives to each other is no longer in play And they spend very little time together. Okay? Uh, how does this, how how does this go about? Work, sometimes if two people are working, sometimes it happens when they get opposite schedules. And why, why am I saying this? I would encourage everybody avoid this at almost all costs. Where husband works all night, wife works all day. And they just cross paths. If that happens for a week or two, you're probably okay, but if it's going on beyond that, uh, that, that's a, that's a real, um, danger zone to live in. Okay. You were attracted when you spent time together. The lack of that time together is going to undo what you have. Uh, one of the things that we've established and we've practiced for many, well, our entire married life is that we date. All right. We've made it a habit. There's there is very seldom and it happens occasionally, but there is very seldom a week go by where we don't do something, where we are alone together. We go out, we do something, we're, we're spending time uh, and we have our date. OK, we've heard so many, many couples over the years that we've talked to and we we tell them what we do and they all say, that's a great idea. We should do that, too. And most of them don't. They don't, and sometimes months and months go by, and they just don't go out and have fun together, and you know, and get, a, you know, and we did this for for many years where we're forking out the dough for babysitters and and all this stuff, and uh, you know that cost, but it was just a part of it. We considered it to be important, and so we just made it a priority. When you spend time together, uh, things work out better. So, you know, and if you're if you're spending time like you're going out with your if your friends every week. And we're always doing that kind of stuff. That's acting like a single person. Okay, when you get married, you don't have to go out. You don't start going out with your friends every week just like you used to. Well, we're going out on the town with all the girls. All the guys are going. Knock that off. Be married. Huh? Go out with other people. Fine. That'd be great. And I'm not saying that would be a, a deal breaker like you could never do that. But... I just tell you in our marriage and things are going pretty well I'd rather hang out with her than I would with anyone else and that's after you know at least 10 years now how long's it been? 10
1: years (laughs) we're a couple weeks away from 21
0: yeah yeah right, go
1: well this Um, is similar but not quite the same and my point is invest in your relationship and um, you know God made a husband and wife before he made kids and so a family consists of a husband and a wife and so when I remember when we were first married and people would ask us when are you going to start a family well we already were a family and so um, we need to focus attention on that relationship and invest in it. you know we often will buy a house and we don't intend to live there for the rest of our life but yet we mow the yard every week we repaint the exterior when it needs it we get a new dishwasher when it goes out i mean you constantly maintain your home i mean it's just a constant thing and you don't you don't even plan to be there you plan to maybe sell it as an investment or whatever with our marriage we this is like a for life deal and so we need to spend time investing in the relationship how can we make it better what can we do that is going to add value to this relationship and to do that on purpose i know different times throughout our marriage we've we've just decided hey let's read xyz book on marriage or or let's go to a marriage conference. Or let's listen to a teaching, I know. Um, and then another thing besides dating that we've done is we try to go away, just the two of us alone, um, on a regular basis. And so sometimes when we do that, we'll listen to something in the car, um, a teaching or or something like that. But it, it's important to continually invest in that relationship. We spend time investing in other things in our life, but people get married and then that, that's the last thought they give to to bettering their relationship They think well okay this is it We're done we got married now Let's just go about life But it, it's something that needs attention
0: So you think it's, is it a bad idea To send your spouse to a marriage conference <laughs> Okay I guess Maybe that's common sense Alright here's my Here's my third item ready uh, Third Third item is this Take care of your body pausing for effect <laughs> how many know uh that you that you didn't just marry someone's spirit you didn't just marry their mind you, you got all three parts spirit soul and what body body and uh and so we need to be constantly aware uh, aware of that all right marriage is a, is, is very physical and uh and it's one of the things that oftentimes gets neglect, neglected over the years. And, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 7, 4, I'll read that to you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 4, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. And this is a discussion in that chapter, as some of you know, answering questions that people wrote to Paul about the marriage issue. And one of the issues he said right at the beginning, and he's talking about the sexual relationship and everything there, but he said, your bodies don't belong to yourself anymore. They belong to the other person. Okay? And and so, neglecting the physical side, what do I mean by that? Uh, Kind of a lot of things. Everything from, uh, you know, when you, prior to marriage, people would fix themselves up. They'd, 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 uh, you know, wear nice clothes and get themselves ready and get themselves looking good and, and, uh, just to go out. Or just to see the other person. And then after a few years, sometimes, uh, you know, <laughs> how can we say this? <laughs> you know, people just don't take care of themselves anymore. And it's like that, they, they give no, give, give no thought to looking like they're, you know, Wearing that robe around and, you know, looked like...
1: Don't show up on a People of Walmart video. Look...
0: I didn't even dare to say that. I was going to say something about, like, that robe was handed down from Noah's wife or something. And... But, you know, people just don't, they don't fix themselves up and take care of themselves. And they've become too comfortable. And you still need to honor your spouse how by presenting yourself in the best way that you possibly can, okay? Fixing yourself up—it's it's your clothing. It's also you know it's also I know this is a lot of work, but keeping your body in shape, you know things tend to go south sometimes with so many people over the years, and I know it's work and I and uh, but you owe it to your spouse. I mean, if you married someone and they looked a particular way and maybe they weren't in real good shape, I guess that's what you wanted and that's fine. And But if you married, you know, someone and they were looking good, <laughs> you know, they were very fit and everything else, you owe it to them to continue to give them the best that you can in that area. Hallelujah. And uh, I know it's work and there's no condemnation here, but I, I, I'm just, uh, you know... People let some of these things go, and they're they're practical, they're common, they're not real spiritual. Well, we pray together. Well, you also need to go on a diet together, maybe. I don't know. Does that does that sound kind of harsh? <laughs> Marriage is very physical, and when you listen, when it comes to temptation, how many know the better your spouse, the worse your spouse looks, the better everyone else looks. E. So it just, it just increases the, what, what the enemy could possibly introduce to your thought life and everything. And, and, and we just got d- do to the, do the best we can. Um, I'm not talking about some unrealistic thing now. I'm not talking about comparing yourself to some photoshopped picture of models and stuff. And setting an image so, so high and your spouse has to attain and be at that level. Listen, we're all aging. Okay? We're all, you know, childbirth has an effect on women. On their bodies, and we shouldn't dismiss that. I'm not talking about demanding things of of your spouse and saying you better do no, because love doesn't demand. I'm talking about what you do as a as a continual gift for that other person, and this is one of the areas, one of the elements that need to be uh, in in play here. Okay, don't do things to your body without your spouse's consent. When I say that. I mean, simple things like changing your, you know, uh, y- your look. Everything from a totally different hairstyle and different color and everything. And you haven't even talked to them. You know, some, uh, you know, or people come home and they got a big tattoo and and uh, they didn't even talk to their spouse about that. Say, so, well, I just did this for me. Well, you're thinking like a single person. There is no just do this for me anymore. From the time you get married, everything's us. You know, so people get, you know, they get come home and they got this new thing hanging out their nose or, uh, you know, what I'm talking about what, what does your spouse think about that? Do they like that? Have you had that discussion if they don't like that? And some things are kind of irreversible, you know, got this new thing down the side of my face here. And you like it, honey? Hope you do, because it's staying forever. <laughs> You know, if you're single, do uh, you know, I don't care what you do. I'm not talking, uh, you know, if you're single, do what you want. You might be limiting your options because you don't know what that other person wants. So whenever you're doing something permanent to yourself, you really got to got to think about this stuff. And I don't care. I'm just I just just think. Just think, you know, have, have, have some common sense. Good.
1: OK, um, my next one is recognize that there are different roles in marriage. And um, the world wants us to believe that women and men are exactly the same, that there's no differences. But, you know, really all we have to do um, to see the truth of that is to look at, look at women and look at men. We are not the same. Case in point, I have a couple of things that I, um, I want to share with you. A man has six items in his bathroom. Toothbrush, toothpaste, razor, shampoo, soap, and a towel. The average number of items in the typical women's bathroom is 337. <laughs> a man would not be able to identify more than 20 of those. <laughs> At a restaurant, when the bill arrives, Mike, Dave, and John will each throw in 20 bucks, even though it's only for 32.50. 50 None of them will have anything smaller, and none will actually admit that they want change back. But when the girls get their bill, out comes the pocket calculators. <laughs> And my favorite: a man will pay two dollars for a one dollar item that he needs. A woman will pay one dollar for a two dollar item that she doesn't need, but it was on sale.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, um, if I I, I kind of like to work puzzles. So if if I got a puzzle and it didn't have, or maybe it did have, I just didn't look at the picture on the front. But I asked, I started asking all my friends, "How do I?" how do i work this puzzle and they all gave me their opinion and then maybe i went to google how do i work this puzzle googled it read all the articles i could find maybe i checked out a couple books by experts at the library on how to work this puzzle and finally i determined from all of the research that i had done that all of the edge pieces are supposed to face inward instead of out so i start working my puzzle and i might get Some pieces to fit together i might even get some semblance of a picture but it's not going to fit together correctly and i'm going to be very frustrated either i'll end up finishing it and it's totally wrong and out of the natural order of how it's supposed to be or i'll just get frustrated and give up and so that's how it is when we try to operate outside of god's normal Rule normal, God's rules. He's the d- puzzle designer. All he was saying was, Hey, look at the picture. I put it right there. It's right there. Look at the picture. And if I would just look at the picture, my puzzle would have turned out perfectly. And so when we get our, all of our information from outside sources and we never look at the picture, we do not learn to operate in the way that God has destined and designed for us. And he is pretty smart. And he created us in specific ways to complement one another, to be able to fulfill the call and purpose that he has for our life. And when we are it walking in his plan and his purpose, we're fulfilled. But when we're constantly warring against it and fighting against it, we're, we're that frustrated trying to work the puzzle backwards, wondering why this is not working And all the time, all we really needed to do was look at the picture. And we encouraged you a couple weeks ago to look at Ephesians 5 for some of those roles, marital roles. Um, Titus 2 talks about some different marital roles. And so we encourage you, um, if you're wondering what those are, you know, the word is the best place to find it. God made you, and he knows how you are supposed to work. So
0: good, good. Yeah, and obviously we could spend a lot of time diving into that stuff. But, you know, in a, in, a, in a four-part series, you kind of choose what you feel like you're supposed to talk about right now. And we know we're not exhausting the marriage subject by any means. And so, pursue. It's a lifelong endeavor. You have time. <laughs> you have time to get, to, to get um, built up and educated in, the, in these areas. And so, good, good, good. All right, here's my fourth point. Ready? You're not hardly even responding now. It's my last point, I'm going to go back to diet in the gym. No. All right. This is common sense. Ready? I might be singing, singing or preaching to the choir here right now, but watch. Go to church together. All right. This is real common sense. Go to church together. There should be certain things that couples do habitually. This is one of them. Okay, it's a fact. It's a fact. If if a husband and wife will get closer individually to Jesus, they will get closer to each other. You see, you've seen the maybe seen the triangle uh, diagram. You're both at the bottom, and Jesus is is at the top. One of the best ways, one of the best things I can do for my wife, is to grow closer. And grow spiritually, walk with the Lord. One of the best things she can do for me is to develop spiritually. We'll automatically end up with a threefold cord that cannot be broken. Huh? We'll automatically end up closer to one another. Uh, but it's it's interesting. I mean, we know society and how trends go, but people are undermining their family. They're undermining their marriage relationship when they neglect The things of God, like Amy was sharing, it's the foundation, it's the basis, it's the blueprint for how marriage is to be designed, and that is, we are not only husband and wife, we're also brother and sister in Christ, we are part of the family of God, that's just gotta be a major component. If God joined us together, but then as soon as we got together, we, we kinda set God on the, on the, in the back seat, then we're, we're asking for trouble there, all right? So, uh, you know, I, I know uh, Mac Mayer some, will sometimes ask uh, individuals about, uh, you know, it, people they know that used to be in church that are no longer in church today. They've stopped attending. And he'll ask them, uh, are they, you know, he'll ask people, do you know someone like that? And he, almost everyone does. And, and he'll say, are they better off? Are they better off now? Are they doing better than they used to be? You know what the answer always is? Is, oh, no. No, they're not doing as good as they used to be. You know, that things aren't going as well. And so we see that happening all around us, yet sometimes I think we don't cue in to, to recognize it. Uh, I often see that when couples are having trouble in their relationship, that at that very same time, they also start attending church very, uh, very much less more infrequently. Think there's any connection there? I'll tell you, there's a direct connection. When things, Listen, if, if things are going you know, hard and difficult in your life, that's the time to run after the things of God more than ever before. That's the time to get in church more than ever before. I, I hope that makes sense. I mean, uh, uh, God really is your help. And He is your, your source of strength and wisdom. And... Uh, We got to stop falling for the enemy's traps. We really do. If things aren't going well, get in church more, not less. More. Get in the prayer meeting too, huh? Make sure you're in in a life group. You know, we provide all these things to help people in in a complete way. And uh, we have marriage life groups. And uh, you know, coming up, I'll just throw this in in the middle of the message, but we are we are in in August. We're running out of theater. A movie theater for for us to go to to see a movie. Anybody like movies? There's a new movie coming out, and it's called uh, it's called War Room. And uh, we liked it so much, we got to see a preview. We liked it so much, we thought we want we want everybody to see this. And it'll stir you up, and, it, and it's 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 good good for anyone. It's especially good for people who are married. And uh, we're going to do that that together. We want to invest, but again. Real simple. Go to church together. I, I know sometimes questions come up. Well, you know, uh, who decides which church to go to? You know, what if there's disagreement there? Uh, preferably, you come into agreement. That's always the best way. You come into agreement and do things together. If you can't, then uh, w- wives, I would encourage you to follow your husband's to where he feels like they're, you're supposed to go. Well, what if he wants to go somewhere dead? <coughs> Well, there's different levels of deadness. <laughs> if it's a cult, don't go. If it's just not the perfect thing, listen, you need to go. You know, I've had I've had women come to me and say before uh, that are a part of our church, they said my husband doesn't come to church and uh, I want to tithe and give to the church, my husband doesn't think we should. What should I do? I said you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. Hold your hold your money. If he lets you, if he you need to ha- come into agreement with it uh, about this. And if he says no, then don't. You might not think a, a preacher would say, "Don't give any the offering." Well, there's there's honor and respect within the home. There's some things to do that 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 um you know we need to honor that relationship. And I know there's a lot of loose parts sometimes when it comes to to these these types of things. But it's been our habit. You say you're in ministry. I know, but I guess we've been married. We've been in ministry the whole time of our marriage, but we were like this separately before marriage. And I tell you this: uh, when it comes to like our kids, I know sometimes people have trouble getting their their kids in church. I can't even relate to that. I can't relate to that at all. You know that would that wouldn't even be a discussion in our house. It wouldn't even be a thought for a kid to bring up. It would be laughable. It would. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. We don't think that way. We don't. That's like not eating. That's like not sleeping. We, we're believers. we believers. We This is what we do together. Well, I don't want to go to church today. <laughs> that's funny. Get in the car. Yeah, get in the car before I kill you.
1: <laughs> no, that's. that's not how no they left church our kids left church no and we haven't
0: had that discussion i'm just trying to imagine what i would say i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but 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 here's the thing here's here's my point in in saying that because of our commitment together in doing these things um Those things aren't questions. If we were kind of wobbly on it and we were half committed ourselves, then it would create those, those scenarios within the kids and everything else. You still have another point, don't you? I do go.
1: Okay. My last point is don't make your spouse, your fulfillment or responsible for your happiness. There is one person on the throne of my life. That is Jesus Christ. It is not my husband. And as much as I love him and care about him, my happiness is not his responsibility it's mine. And if I'm not happy, it's because I'm focusing on things that aren't godly. I'm looking at negative situations and m- meditating on those. It's not his responsibility, again. And, um, you know, Paul said that he learned to be content in every situation. Because, I want to read this to you out of the Amplified, because I think it says it so well. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And I I think that, we you know, we've probably all seen marriages where one person is kind of a leech and they just act as a drain on the other person. And when, when you're doing that and, and making them your happiness or your fulfillment, well, eventually they're going to fall and then you're going to be disillusioned and you're going to fall with them. So, it's really a good idea to be a strong person. You know, we always tell people, you can't be a good spouse until you're a good Christian. So, work on that first. Be a good Christian. Follow Christ. Follow Him hard. And and then, you know, and then have a great relationship with your spouse. But don't, let, don't make this the source of your happiness or your fulfillment.
0: Or you will be disappointed. Because none of us can do it perfect. And none of us are going to be... Super husband, super wife, 100% of the time. And so, good point.